Oh. M. Mom! Hi guys, welcome back to Give It To Me Straight, where we don't want the big pill, we want a full frontal lobotomy. On the show today is a very special guest, the winner of season 14 of RuPaul's Drag Race, my superior, Miss Willow Hill. Hey, everybody. Thank you for coming. I know you're very busy, much busier than me, so thank you for finding time to grace me with your presence. Um, you know, I'm really not that busy, actually. No? Is that by choice? Uh, yeah, that's my choice. There it is. Yeah. yeah. I was about to say. <laughs> it's because I have the luxury to not be busy. Yeah. So you started drag about 2017, 2018 or so. No. Started, no. 2016. 16. Yeah. You, where do you find this information on Wikipedia? I was going back as far as the archives would show me. What? Oh, uh, well, that's so, when I started Instagram. What happened between 2016 to 17 that you scrubbed off the internet? It was foul. I couldn't show that it's shit. Foul. It was bad. Mm. I was just ugly. And ugly people shouldn't be seen. With that said, we're going to crop this half out of oh, the yeah, video. We are... Uh, I think like 30 seconds into this interview and I'm already being insulted. Okay, I've seen this show. I watched a little, not all of it, but I watched a little bit. And uh, you know, you're spicy with the girls. I don't attack unless provoked. Like I'm fine. Well, then you're going to be attacking a lot. Is there going to be a hate crime here? Or is it a revert? Is it a hate crime? If it's... No, it's just manslaughter. Oh, okay. Okay, so scrap what I said. You did not start drag in 2017. Yeah, I started, okay, I started January 2016. So I just turned seven years old. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> but you, obviously you are a long way away from doing open stage nights at Gladys. But you started drag... Gladys, like, you really are doing your research. Yeah, so you started doing open stage nights at Gladys. In just a couple of years, you had your own show, Pillbox. And from there, you ended up moving to like a bigger city, headlining some shows, and now you're the winner of Drag Race. Do you think you were always destined for greatness, or did you just kind of stumble into it? Sometimes I don't know if I actually was destined for greatness. Mm -hmm. Or if I just got the, you know, the lucky straw mm -hmm. and now that's being fed into my head. Like, oh, you actually were destined for greatness. So I don't know. Do you think that it should have been someone else? Or do you think, do you think, does no, it feel it right? Does it feel right? It feels right. Yeah. It feels you, right. Do you think you earned it? Um, oh, absolutely earned it. I feel very confident that I earned it. You picked yourself up by your bootstraps. And no, I didn't actually. You know, I had a lot of privilege in life, so maybe I didn't <laughs> earn it. <laughs> maybe she's born with it. No, she's born with it. Just privilege. Just privilege. <laughs> So with a lot of weird girls having their own shows, like Alaska, you know, she does like her like, pageant and a lot of weird girls yeah. have their own shows. Do you think there's ever a chance in whatever city you live in of you revamping Pillbox? Yes, I actually just have. Kind of. So in Chicago, I have this new show called Drip and it's always kind of psychedelic and trippy. And uh, I get to do kind of the stuff that I did before Drag Race, which mm -hmm. makes me really happy and do all the really stupid shit that might not work on the road Yeah, and works with like a homegrown local audience like in chicago locally sourced yeah you know a lot of alternative drag is kind of pushed into the corner pushed under the bed but now with you being like the reigning queen do you think your show is giving alternative queens too much power <laughs> like maybe they're we're seeing a little too much of it given too no. much of a platform is there such a thing as too valid there is such a thing as too valid in drag but i love seeing the alt queens get their moment and i hope they get more of it too honestly we've just like hit the tip of the iceberg with mm -hmm. alternative queens on Drag Race. Like, we can get a lot scarier and dirtier and grosser. That actually leads me to another good question. With your drag, I mean, you come a long way from being Evie's designated throw-up girl. Yeah. So, is there anything like that, for instance, that you wish you would have had the chance to show on Drag Race, but obviously America would not have been ready for it? 
I mean, just more nudity and more lewdness and crassness. Whenever Drag Race gets picked up by HBO or something. Yeah, yeah, I would love, oh, if Drag Race is on HBO, that'd be amazing. Cinemax. Or on Pornhub, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not like I, it's not like I held back that much on Drag Race, but you know, there's times when you're trying to appeal to the judges and they're all, you know, have this idea of drag that's a little bit yeah. more glamazon. on. You gotta make it a little palatable. A spoonful of sugar helps the willow pill go there. Uh, yeah, you gotta make it more palatable. And I think I tried to do that. Like, I tried to dose myself to people, no pun intended, mm. throughout the show. And like, you were microdosing America. Yeah, absolutely. Microdosing <laughs> on willow pill. And eventually, by the end, I wanted them to be like, oh, well, I'm ready for the full thing. Mm hmm. And that's when I quit drag. You leave them wanting more? Ooh. Yeah, leave them wanting more them forever. Free. So I'm, I know people have asked you this in interviews before, but I haven't watched your interviews. So with you knowing like Evie being a part of her family. You, you haven't watched every single one of my interviews? No, I don't, I don't watch my own interviews. It's not for us. It's yeah. for other people. For how, how did you in Ireland. Right. <laughs> how did you actually get to know Evie and like, not just get to know her, but like segue into being like in her drag family? Yeah. Um, okay, so my, the very first drag show I ever did, mm. which was a college show, Evie was in it. And I didn't really say hi to her, but I admired her from afar. And then I moved to Denver from the college town and did backup dancing for her and the rest of the like big queens in Denver at this show called Drag Nation and started choreographing for her and kind of working into her friend circle. She was like way left of everyone in the scene at the time. Um, and everyone just wanted to be her friend and I wanted to be her friend so bad. So I just kind of schmoozed my, my way into her life. And I made a little documentary about her, um, for my college, like, thesis project. And, uh, yeah, we just kind of became great friends from there. Oh, you've had, like, such a journey since then. Both of you have. I, I feel like you should make a part two to the documentary, honestly. Because not because because a lot of stuff has happened, but also you have a lot more insight about what's really going on in y'all's lives. Yeah. So, I'm just saying. That's actually, honestly, a good idea. I'm going to do it. Um, and I'll pay you. Um, well, I'm not going to pay you. Um, but, Because uh, <laughs> I'm going to kill you. Oh, okay. Because the royalty thing. You know, it's, it's so interesting that you coming on here. I think you're the only queen that would sit here and tell me that you were going to murder me physically. Yeah. Everyone else is so buttoned up and polished. I'm down and dirty. Look at me. I mean this in the nicest way possible. When I say that, like, you're the type of person that when I'm around you, it makes me question my reality. Not because you're out there like crazy, but something about your being. You feel like you're kind of floating through the ether in a way that mm -hmm. makes you question like, are we a simulation? That's what I'm always thinking. Yeah. It's like your essence is like a glitch almost. Yes. Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Pam Anderson in her documentary, I don't know if you watched it. She says like, I don't know if I'm alive or dead ever. And I think that all the time. <laughs> Literally all the time. And it's such a real thing. And some people experience it, some people don't. Uh -huh. But I'm always questioning, I'm like, am I alive or am I dead yet? Like, have I died yet? I can't remember. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you ever think that? Or do you, are yes you more tied no. to reality? I don't want to say tied to reality. I'm more nihilistic, where I'm just like, it doesn't matter if I'm alive or dead. I'm just happy. True. That's I'm, true, I'm too. more that way. Yeah. Yeah, but sometimes I'm like, oh, I can't remember. Did I die yet or not? And you know, what's funny is I have died already. Yeah. Scientifically. Yeah. Not to get too much into science, but you know, time is a circle or whatever. It's a mm -hmm. pancake. It's a ball of cheese. And we don't have the time to dissect that and, and type that one. And this is science. This is not 
Mm. <laughs> Crap, chip. Okay, hit me with um, Einstein knows. I mean, he's dead, but he's also alive. Because I'm a uh, mozzarella stick. Um, I need to explain this better. <laughs> Time is not linear. It's a circle. Mm -hmm. And everything that is going to happen has already happened. And everything that has happened in the past is happening now. And so in some ways, I'm already dead and you're already dead. Mm -hmm. And in some other ways, we're just like, neither of us have been born yet. We're like Schrodinger's drag queens. Yes, exactly. That's, That's a smart. reference for you science fuckers. Since you have gotten all big and famous now, is there any, have you had the chance to go back and tell any people like to get fucked? People that fired you before, people that wronged you, or people that like wouldn't book you and now you're just like, look at me now. You know, everyone likes me before and they still like me now. Next question. <laughs> so you like... You I don't have any enemies in life, I don't think. Do yeah. you? A lot of people that are jealous. I think there's maybe like one or two queens in Denver that I didn't like get along with great. And sometimes when I see them, I'm a little bit like, mm. Mm. but really not many. I, I really, I think I get along with most people because I get along. Obviously, I get along with people who are like nice and fun. But I also really love evil people. Mm. Um, so it's hard to like wrong you because so yeah, it's you're just like, like yeah, I like the exactly. Jib. One thing I like about myself, um, and I love a lot of things about myself. <laughs> one thing I, one thing. Oh, she's so beautiful. One thing <laughs> I like about myself is I am. It's very difficult to offend me. Mm -hmm. Like I, it's very hard to wrong me. Um, really, the only thing that pisses me off is that people fuck with my friends or my family. Mm -hmm. But if you fuck with me, I think you're funny. I feel like you have such a unique situation in life, especially like with like your illness and things like that. You kind of navigate it all with kind of a very laissez-faire, like, who gives a fuck? I'm already dead. in a Laissez-faire, let's bring that back. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm already dead, technically, so why do I care? Is that so, what Pearl was trying to say when she said flase da? I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> say flase da. Yeah, I think I do. Who do you say your biggest inspo is from Drag Race, and why is it Tammy Brown? Oh, that's a good question and a great answer. Um, Tammy Brown, the the blueprint. Did I get it right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, the blueprint that I love on Drag Race is the queens that go on and are kind of both unaware that they're on television and very aware that they're on television. This is Tammy Brown, Jasmine Masters, Derek Berry, Gia Gunn. These are the queens that I love so much because they like go on TV, but they don't really care about the competition and they don't really care about like the pressures of the the outside world mm -hmm. when they get on and they just have fun with it. And uh, I think it's my inspiration because that's just how you should live life. It's like there's all this pressure and all these crazy fucking things happening. And of course, you're aware of them and know how like they impact your life. But then you just like, play with them. Mm -hmm. That's what they're there for. It's not what they're there for, actually. They're there to fuck, fucking kill you, but right. um, you know, that's what you can do with them. And Tammy Brown, uh, she's a special one. Mm -hmm. She is just so special. Yeah. One time I had her in my show at Pillbox, and I didn't, like someone was touching me. I was like, what's going on? She was just brushing my hair. We didn't even oh. said like two words to each other yet. Just brushing my wig. You said that like a spiritual connection. I loved it. I was yeah. so calm in that moment. You're like, you're like uh, that happened. You're just like, I'm in the correct timeline right now. Yes, it felt... Very like um. What was the question? Okay. <laughs> I think that, I think that was the answer. It just felt very and then like yeah, silence. Exactly. Yeah. Everything was at peace. <laughs>
So like with that mindset that you had, did you think you like really portrayed that and that's how you felt in the competition? Like how, were you confident in the show? Did you feel like you were gonna win? It came in stages. Or once I got the call, mm-hmm. I was like, I think I'm gonna make it far. I just have a feeling, I know my package is unique and I think I'm gonna be a, a big contender. Mm-hmm. And then after the first episode, after the first episode, get that feather out of fuck out of my face. That's <laughs> your fault. Your feather, not my feathers. Um, okay. <laughs> what was I saying? Okay. Um, I thought they were going to hate the talent show after I was done, but mm-hmm. then the judging came and they loved it. And I was like, okay, I think I'm going to go pretty far. I still, I still did not think I was going to win. I was like, I think I'm in the final four, if, as long as I play my cards right. I think I realized that I was going to win after the Lala Perusa. Because after I showed them I could lip sync, which is the one thing I was like, the last thing that I hadn't proved mm-hmm. myself in. Once I had proved that and I could tell RuPaul really connected with me lip syncing, I was like, okay, I think I, I think I got this. Mm-hmm. As long as I don't fuck it up majorly. That must be a great feeling. I mean, it was a great feeling, but it was also a lot of pressure. Then I got home and I was like, okay, as long as I don't get eliminated, because they filmed my elimination. I was like, if I, if I don't get eliminated, I can't fuck this up. And that weighed on my mind heavily. Mm. I went through like different stages of like grief almost where it's like whenever I got to the show I was like okay I got here I have no money I've never been further west than Oklahoma and now I'm in LA I might go home first but that's okay I made it here and then I was gonna say I sent June home June got sent home and I didn't <laughs> and I was like what if I win drag race in that moment I was like what if I go all the way <laughs> and then when I finally did get eliminated I was full delusion I was like I was literally like he said sashay away and I thought he was gonna be like wait come back and then I was fully on the plane, flying home. I'm like, well, what if they give me another ticket? RuPaul's going to call me right now. So I don't have service. But what if I land and there's a tag? He says, wait, come back. We have you on a spirit flight coming back. Yeah. But, well, you then know. you wouldn't have made it. <laughs> Willow, no. It's too soon. I thought I was maybe going to go home first after the talent show before the judges mm-hmm. uh, gave me their comments. And I was a piece I was a piece of it. Mm-hmm. I was like, I had a great time. This, like, these two days were great. Yeah. Everyone was so sweet. <laughs> and, you know. That's just my legacy. No, but instead you are now, you know, you got to live on in, through the annals of history as one of the few winners of Drag Race. Oh, boy. You think your life is going to change after you win. And it does. I mean, you do a lot of different things. You're just kind of the same person. Yeah, like whenever people picture, like, oh, I wonder what this Drag Race winner is doing. They're, like, in some show in Australia. And you're just, like, high in the woods on mushrooms. Exactly. And it's like, that's the winner of Drag Race. Yeah, they probably think I have some fancy life. Mm-hmm. And I, I uh, well, some ways I do. I uh, use Grubhub a lot more now. Hey, you ain't got to go get your own food. Other than that, That's the I'm life. just laying down on the floor crying like everyone else. Damn. Too he- real. Heaving. See, that, that's, you're relatable. If people can, you know, resonate with that. <laughs> you don't seem like you're beyond everyone else. You're just like us, only richer. Yeah. But I am beyond everyone else. Yeah. But I don't make them feel that way. Speaking of your talent show... You originally wanted to have a rotisserie chicken, but they brought you spaghetti instead. Mm. How do you think the talent show would have gone differently had it been a rotisserie chicken? Do you think it would have changed things? Or do you think the spaghetti was Um, an integral part in hindsight? I think RuPaul would have crowned me right then and there if it was a rotisserie chicken. Mm. That's why they changed it. It's too much power. It was too much. Yeah. I just like the idea. I wanted it to be super carnal. Like, is that a word? Carnal. Carnal? Is that a word? Look it up, someone. Carnivor- car- carnivorous? Carnivorous. I wanted it to be, I think carnal is Primal. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm mixing up carnivorous, carnivorous and primal. But I wanted it to be like super like b- gross. Like mm. 
when you break the chicken's hips apart, it's like crap, juice, crap. You know the scene in Lord of the Rings where he's like feasting on chicken and grapes and stuff? I wanted to do like that. It's like that photo of you like backstage whenever you're eating like little chicken bones. Yes, steak, yeah. steak. That, I saw that picture on my timeline once and it stuck with me mentally. That's what I love. I love seeing humans in that. Animalistic. I love seeing like, uh, so I would love to do this number one day where maybe it's like FKA twigs where I'm just like eating like a roast chicken off a twink's ass. Mm. And it's just like juices are flowing everywhere and the bones are cracking. And it's just, we, we are so animalistic. You're not even lip syncing. It's just like, no, there's no lip sync. What don't I do it for you? Why don't I do it for you? Groomy, groomy. So, like in an alternate universe, you didn't win. If you got sent home, say something crazy like your ankle snapped, what would your farewell message have been? Did you have one planned? Or were you just well, I said one. Did you? Yeah, I said one because they filmed my elimination. Oh, you're so right. What would your farewell yeah. message have been? I love you all so much, and I can't wait to see you in court. And RuPaul laughed so fucking hard that I thought they were going to use it. That's a solid exit line. But RuPaul like let out this fucking primal laugh, and I remember thinking like, oh fuck, they're going to use that take. I just fucked myself over. <laughs> but did you ever get the cornbread tattoo? No. No. I should get one though. You should. I kind of want one. Are you wanting to get like a big one, something very detailed, or like a Friday the 13th tattoo, like something very like simple, like a little? Probably simple. Probably something on my ass or something. Mm. Okay. What's your favorite tattoo? I have a lot of favorite tattoos. I really like all my tattoos. I like this little pony here, my little pony. A little cowboy hat. Mm-hmm. I like this little patent leather heel and martini glass. Do a lot of your tattoos have specific meaning, or is it just, I really like that, I want it on my body? Uh, you know... When I started getting tattoos, everything had meaning. Mm-hmm. Where's my arm? It's on the ceiling. <laughs> Somewhere. It's with us. I can hear it. It's both on the ceiling oh, and not is. on the ceiling. <gasps> there it is. It appeared out of nowhere. <laughs> David Copperfield, give me a call. Um, <laughs> yeah, when I first started getting tattoos, I think I wanted them all to be like really meaningful and deep. And then I started getting like frivolous flowers and horses and rats and those are more fun for me it's not really that fun to look at all your trauma mm-hmm. on your body yeah. so i've kind of stopped getting like the meaningful tattoos and now i just get like the sexy fun weird ones mm-hmm. you see something in a window you're just like Ooh, yeah that would look really great on like my inner thigh exactly it's yeah. fun to like adorn your body and like uh mm-hmm. just have like pretty things to look yeah. at in the morning so i don't want to be a mural i want to be a christmas tree mm-hmm. just pointless baubles and lights exactly we're going to get into the really personal stuff now. Woo! That wasn't already personal? Well, now we're talking about like chronic illness and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Beautiful. For some people that don't know, because they live under a rock, you suffer from cystinosis. Yes. Which, if you don't know what that is, that is an illness where your body has an abnormal buildup of cysteine. And if you don't know what cysteine is, it's this right here. <laughs> and she's got oodles of it. Anyways. I thought you were going to show like, a picture of like, a drag queen named Cysteine. Sistine would have been a great drag name. Yeah, Sistine Chappelle. Why not Sistine Phil? Sistine Phil? Because no one would know what the fuck that means. No. Well. Not that they know what Phil means. Bad idea. Anyways, anyway. go on. Bad idea. Okay, well. <laughs> it's all valid until it's not, right? Everything's valid. What would you say is the worst part about your illness? Would you say it's the bodily deterioration, the side effects, and hassle of your medication? Or people always asking you questions about your illness? <laughs> He's not 
got some fucking nerve. If you had to rank them. Wow. Um, probably the bodily deterioration. You think it's the top one? That's got to be the top one. As much as I want to say people asking questions about it, it is definitely the bodily deterioration. And then after that, side effects of the medication. And then the questions about it. As annoying as they are. You should drink more milk. Probably. I'd fart more. Maybe that would get the cysteine out. <laughs> just get the cysteine out. Just Listen, when you fart, the, the cysteine just blows out your ass. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be cured. Well, it's one thing. It's like you're living with it. Another thing because of Drag Race. Like, I was looking through like, a couple interviews. Everyone asked some kind of form question about something, you know? There's been a lot of bad questions about uh, my illness in the media. That one's got to be the worst. Um, <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> you know, this is not for the cameras, probably, but one time on set, <laughs> called me. Don't cancel. <laughs> she called me. I said something like snarky to her, and she was like, You disabled little bitch. And I laughed so fucking hard. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. Uh. I love when people have the nerve to go there because uh, illness is something people are really afraid of. Mm-hmm. If you can go there, I respect you. So yeah. I respect you. I was so terrified of what people were going to think of me on the season. That's why like, I would never even dare to call you a Make-A-Wish drag queen. Like, I would <laughs> never. That is, is too fucked up. And it's wrong. And anyone what has the gall to say something like that. You know I spent my Make-A-Wish here in Vegas. Did you? I did. Uh, they flew I'm you not out. even kidding. When I was 15. <laughs> yeah. Was Make-A-Wish a real thing or are you just fucking with me right now? No, no. I actually had to make a wish. How do you get enrolled in that? You know, I don't really know actually. They kind of reached, I don't know if they reached out to me or my mom mm-hmm. reached out to them. Uh, How do they my, find out about you? They just like go through like the records? Um, they just walk around the hospital and they're like, hey, who's dying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, don't, I honestly don't know how I got in contact from probably my mom. Um, but it was after my kidney transplant. So I had a kidney transplant when I was 14. And they were like, what do you want to do? And I don't, I honestly don't know what I was fucking thinking. But I was like, let's go to Vegas. Fucking 15 year old. Mm-hmm. Being like, my biggest dream is to go to Vegas. Yeah. I could have met Oprah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Oprah's cool, but it was yeah. a good time. I mean, we went and saw like Cirque du Soleil. We had like a spa day. Mm-hmm. And we saw a magic show, and we went to like some amusement park. Yeah. It was really fun. I feel, I feel like giving the situation, they should let you do adult stuff too. Like you're 15. Yeah, why not? Make pummel, a wish. They should let you go to like me with alcohol. Why not? That's good for a post transplant yeah. kid. Like was it was it unhealthy? <laughs> Ooh, that doesn't yeah. exist. <laughs> remember, I'm already dead. Yeah. Time <laughs> is a cheesesteak. <laughs> Make a wish, kid. You won Drag Race. What is it like being so privileged to be so lucky? It's amazing. Honestly, uh, some people sometimes have it all. I get a little too main character sometimes in my head, <laughs> but I can't blame myself. Yeah. My life has really rolled out that way. Yeah, I mean, and RuPaul didn't help either. No, she did I, not. RuPaul, she very much made me feel like I was destined for greatness. I think there's probably only two people in that season whose name she even remembers. It's you and yeah, George. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't even remember Jinx's name. Jinx who? Broadway wear. I guarantee you, every morning RuPaul wakes up and takes his old people medication. Is yeah. all, Every morning is probably like, I want the window pill. Every time she takes a pill, I bet she thinks of me. Mm-hmm. And that's hot. Mm-hmm. Every goddamn morning. Every time she probably laughs to herself. Yeah. And her husband's like... You already won Drag Race. Obviously, like for some people, their goal is to go on Drag Race, make it to that point, go home, come back for All Stars, yada yada. You've already won. Well, what, what's next, if anything? Are, do you have plans, things you want to do, or are you just kind of feeling through? I mean, there, I could say there's a lot of things I do want to do. I would love to 
be in film. I'd love, I'm writing some of my own films. Um, right now I finished one and I'm going to write a few more and like see what I actually want to produce. A documentary, part two. Uh, I'm done with documentary. Who cares? About <laughs> you were with it 30 minutes ago. And uh, done. Yeah, who cares? I'm oh. over it. <laughs> who cares about real life anymore? I just want fiction. A lot changes in 10 minutes. Right. Um, <laughs> and I would love to do like a one woman show one day, maybe next year. Um, and I'd love to keep producing shows. But honestly, I just want to enjoy life. I don't really have any like huge plans to like bring the Willow Pill brand mm-hmm. uh, to the masses. You don't leave anything behind I just for your kids? Ugh, kids, yeah. <laughs> I just want to have like a little cottage on a, on a little creek. That'd be fun. That's it. Make pancakes every Saturday morning. Walk my cat outside. I can't imagine going from like the life you're living right now to then just a cottage. Which is, be lovely. Oh, I'm so you happy. You can do it any time. I'm so happy when there's just stillness. I think you're in a, a, a smidge of denial because that's what your dream life is, is like a possible anytime. But you put yourself on these tours and these meet and greets. I know. It's the need to stay relevant. It's toxic as fuck. And one day I will quit drag because I have to. Mm-hmm. If I don't quit drag, I'll stay on this munch, crunch, crunch, need for attention and fame forever. And it's fun for a little while. I like doing it now. For now, it's great. But eventually, I would like to pull myself away from the public. No, I, I think what's going to happen is like RuPaul's Drag Race season 40, Next whenever year. RuPaul's head is in a vat and he's just like an anim- talking animated head, yeah. you're going to be there in the audience at the finale as one of the formers on dialysis just fully just <laughs> still showing up to the function because you need it just as bad as we do. No one needs it. We don't need any of this shit. We yeah. could quit whenever we want. We don't need it like we need like food and water, but we need it like... Yeah, I guess. Or maybe you don't. Maybe you're different. Maybe. But also, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to do a fun little segment. We're going to take a trip down memory lane. Uh, I'm going to name off some substances, and you tell me the craziest story or memory that you have on that substance. Okay. Okay, ready? Caffeine. We'll start light. Caffeine. Oh, everyone who knows me, I famously, and everything I do is famous, do not drink caffeine because I will go nuts. Um, except for on Drag Race when I was drinking like four Red Bulls a day. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was because I needed to, to be alive and awake. The only story I really have of caffeine is the story that happens every time where I think I can handle an iced coffee and then I just have uh, diarrhea down my pants on the way home. IBS will get you. Cigarettes. Cigarettes. Okay, I don't really uh, smoke cigarettes. Maybe sometimes when I'm drinking. But I remember when I was a little kid, my best friend, her parents, were like avid smokers. We got so curious one day. We like took the cigarettes and went out to her shed and smoked one cigarette together. And we felt so bad and cool. And uh, it was just fun. It was cute. It's a fun little memory of just being like, oh my God, this is so, I'm an adult. I'm freaking crazy. But you changed it. Now you're a woman of God and you don't partake in such I things. I do not smoke cigarettes. I just eat them. Praise him. Yeah. You can change. <laughs> There's hope for all you of us. You can change. Don't smoke them. Just eat them. Weed. Ooh, I have so many memories of weed in college. I smoked weed every day, like wake and bake. I specifically remember I used to smoke in my dorm room all the time and mm-hmm. get in trouble. 
and you like you know you blow it out like the paper towel roll with the like um the dryer sheets in it did you ever do that no to like reduce the smell in the dorm mm -hmm. and then one time it reeked we just smoked a joint in my bedroom and the ra posted in the group chat she's like what the fuck is going on and i started to like green out and get so much anxiety and like throw up and my roommate started baking cookies to get rid of the smell alcohol alcohol oh okay one time oh okay this is bad i do not recommend this my very first time drinking alcohol drinking it to get drunk uh -huh. aside from having a sip of my parents drinks i was on dialysis and i was about 85 pounds because i was very ill at the time <laughs> now you're 90. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so much has changed in mm -hmm. 15 years um and me and my friends had like a code word for like the night we were gonna get drunk. We called it chicken festivities. I don't know why. We thought we were really cool. And I got absolutely obliterated and could not walk. And I was so ill and dialysis. I literally could have died. But I was just like, this is so cool. Um, crawling on my friend's floor. And I specifically remember my friend's sister drinking with us. And the whole time I was drunk, she was like, are you gay? Just tell me. I know it. You're drunk. You got to tell the truth. You're gay, aren't you? And I remember in my head thinking so hard. I was like, I'm so drunk right now, but I cannot know that I'm gay. And I was just trying to hold it together so hard. But I'm straight. I love women. And I, I held it together. <laughs> I showed them I'm straight. <laughs> Your secret safe with me. LA. I'm sure you have plenty for this one, but mushrooms or psychedelics in general. Oh, I've got too many. I've got to like file through those in the cabinet they're mm -hmm. stored in. I'm trying to pick a good, a good one. Maybe a recent one. Or someone with someone of notoriety. Drag Race Girls. Yeah, people like tea about people they know. <laughs> Recently, I did mushrooms with Bosco and Camden and Evie in Santa Fe. And we got this house with the pool and everything. And I was going to do like a, like a medium trip, like a mm. regular degular. And I got so fucking high. We got this from a fam somewhere um, along the road. Which, by the way, if you're at any of my meet and greets, um, <laughs> you know what I love. <laughs> and I got so high that I had no idea where we were, who I was, what was going on. Like, forgot everything about my life. And I kept like trying to recall something. It was like nagging at me. And I was like, what happened to all of us? And I was like, first of all, how did I get in this body? And then once I got past that, and I was like, oh, I just still, well, I'll never know that. Yeah. Um, so just a small existential crisis. Yeah. yeah. Fighting for my life in the shower. Um, <laughs> and then I came downstairs and they're all in the pool. And I was like, guys, what we did something together. There was like, challenges that some like scary old lady was putting us through and choosing her favorite one to keep and i don't know what it is <laughs> i was like what is this like miyazaki film that i'm trying to remember happened to us and i was like there's makeup there's makeup in this dream and wigs and we did something we did we need to make her laugh and if we didn't laugh she killed us and then it came to me, I was like, oh my gosh, we do drag. And we were on Drag Race. And Camden was like, yeah, and you won. And I was like, 
and I won. And that was the first moment that it really. And all it took was some hardcore hallucinations. Some hardcore hallucinations, and now, baby, I was there.、Mm-hmm. Because you know, after I won Drag Race, everything just went so fast. Yeah. And I kind of it was it all. Like, like a, it took some mushrooms to ground. You oh yeah, yeah. It was also a、reality. fever dream, and then suddenly it was like I was remembering as if I'd remembered the first time. And it was so funny because I was just imagining this old woman torturing us,、um, you know, which is true. But the fact that you、Boss、came to that reality、can. and you're just like, I was on Drag Race. Like, what if you woke up again and you never were, See, and you're back at home in bed and you're 15? Sometimes I think that'll happen. And RuPaul doesn't even exist. This is just some random lady at the Kroger. Did I tell you the story? What story? No, I told you this, right? This, yeah, yes. This, for those of you who don't know, this photo was taped. <laughs> On my hotel、um, room when we were filming Drag Race, to remind me every day that RuPaul is just like us.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> I chose that. Literally, I kissed it every morning. I was like, <laughs> normally the picture I put up here is just a random one, but that one I chose specifically for you because I knew it meant something. Just to you. one of your kids.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love this picture of her. It's gorgeous.、Yeah. Honestly, this is this is why I won Drag Race. Every morning I needed a reminder. <laughs> That we all that we all make、yeah. mistakes. RuPaul's ugly too. Don't forget that.、Uh, Molly, Molly. Okay, I've only done Molly once, last year, and I loved it. It was、yeah. so fun. I'm. It's. It made me like extremely depressed for the week after. So I think it's one of those ones I'm only gonna do like once a year. But I remember I went to the Magdalena Bay concert in Chicago, and then we went out afterwards, and I started making it with everybody in the club. I just wanted to kiss everyone. Of course, I asked for consent. I was just macking on girls, guys, in, in betweens,、mm-hmm. and、uh, no was, one was safe. No one was safe. <laughs> it was fabulous. I had so much fun just、wow. kissing everyone. I love kissing. It's beautiful. Time for the police people. It's not here. <laughs> Stop.、Uh, Coke. Coke. Oh, I love Coke.、Uh, don't do it, though, kids. It's not <laughs> diet or zero. Vanilla. But、uh, <laughs> I've got jokes too, little bitch. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good Coke story. I remember just the first time I ever did a Coke. It was at a college party, and there was people in the bathroom, and I just knocked on the door, like, "What are you guys doing in there? Like, what's taking you so long?" Being so naive. And they let me in. Like we got a little secret. We did a little bit. And I was like, "Oh, I'm scared." But I'll do it. And I did it. And I was like, "Woo!" Felt so powerful. I just feel like a powerful, sensual Un- woman. Unstoppable force. Yeah. I was like, "I am invincible,、yeah. and that's why it's so dangerous, and why you shouldn't do it."、Huh. It's because you feel like、uh, a fucking. Hulk.、Uh, that's the last of my cards and the last bit of time that we have today because we have to rush you over to your next gig. We do. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for allowing me to siphon off a little bit of clout from you. Where can the people find you? Do you have any shows coming up? Any merch you want to sell? And a plug. Talk to the camera there. Let people know where can they find you. What do you have going on? Hey y'all, it's me Topher, <laughs> and you can find me in your Instagram app, your Twitter app. I don't know. I'm around, guys. Willow Pill Queen. To be fair, I think if anyone's watching this, they are already following you. Every、Probably. person, any celebrity, anyone that I follow, I always look and see who they're following. Any Rue girls? That's always you. Every time. Oh, yeah. That's sweet of them. Anyone super famous? 
Probably. I mean, that's not like some celebrities. But I mean, even like smaller niche celebrities. Like, I look at their stuff and I'm just like, fuck. Like, I'm like Slater. I'm just like, damn. Is Slater's following me? I think so. How? Huh? So? Mm-hmm. Rihanna's following me. Rihanna's that's my me. biggest flex in life. Damn. That is, that is a flex. I yeah. would. I'm one of the few people that didn't get followed by Ariana Grande. I'm in the opposite boat. I'm just like, look at me, please. Just know that she just hates you. That's, that's fair. Well, thank you all so much. Tune in next time when we have somebody else. And yeah, thank you for tuning in for the piece. It's Ariana Grande. Yeah. Ooh, could you imagine? No, she would never. Yeah, that's fair. But thank you all so much. Ooh, what if, oh, she falls off, though. Anyway, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, guys. Later. Say bye. Bye. Give It To Me Straight is brought to you by Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom. Hosted, produced, and edited by me, Maddie Morphosis. With audio editor, Marco Padilla. And executive produced by Willem Belly, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, and Joe Cilio. M. Oh. M. Mom!